Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and uh, joining me this evening, uh, fine Louisiana, well, maybe you can see it, Louisiana whiskey. Yes, there we go. Uh, this is going to help me get through the news tonight because it is fucking garbage out there, especially post midterms. It's the worst. Uh, my apologies for last week's episode with uh, Natalie Danilition. Apparently, my computer decided to uh, just do the audio from the webcam instead of the microphone in front of me. So that's uh, kind of silly. But yeah, that's how it is. Sometimes you got to double check it. Do a little bit of whiskey and soda right now. Mm. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, speaking of all things uh, Twitter and everything else, uh, we're going to go right to the top here with uh, Musk uh, firing people. And it seems like uh, a couple of the high executives uh, walked today. So got to love it uh, when ty- little petty tyrants uh, get to kick rocks. But uh, this one was kind of interesting. I saw Musk warns of Twitter bankruptcy as more senior executives quit. Uh, This is from Yahoo Finance. Um, Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, on Thursday raised the possibility of the social media platform going bankrupt, capping a chaotic day that included a warning from the U.S. regulator and departures of senior executives viewed as future leaders. The billionaire told Twitter employees on a call that he could not rule out bankruptcy. Bloomberg News reported two weeks after buying it $44 billion, billion with a B, uh, deal that credit experts say has left Twitter's finances in a precarious position. I don't know about you, but if I just suddenly got uh, $44 billion, I don't think my situation would be all of that precarious. But uh, here we are. Uh, Two executives, Yuel Roth and Robin Wheeler, uh, who moderate, moderated uh, Twitter Spaces chat with Musk on Wednesday, uh, as said he tried to assuage adv- advertisers' concerns have resigned. One person close to the matter told Reuters. Uh, Roth and Wheeler did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Bloomberg and tech site performer reported that ex- exits first. Earlier on Thursday, twi- Twitter's chief security officer, Lisa... Uh, man, I can't speak. Need more of the, uh, the whiskey. Leah Kistner tweeted that she had quit. Uh, Chief Privacy Officer uh, Damian Kiernan and uh, Chief Compliance Officer Marianne Fogarty also resigned, according to the internal message posted to Twitter's Slack messaging system on Thursday by an attorney on its privacy team and seen by Reuters. So apparently Reuters has got the inside scoop there. Uh, U.S. Federal Trade Commission said it was watching Twitter with deep concern. I love how they put that in quotes. Uh, after these three privacy and compliance officers quit, these recognitions potentially put Twitter at risk of violating regulatory orders. In his uh, first meeting with all employees at Twitter on Thursday afternoon, Musk warned that the company may lose billions of dollars next year, the information reported. Twitter did not respond to requests for comments on a potential bankruptcy, the FTC warning, or departures. Uh, Wheeler was the face of Twitter for advertising after Musk took over. Roth, who is the head of safety and integrity at Twitter, and that is a joke of a position right there, uh, has said Twitter has reduced views of for harmful content and search results by 95% compared to before Musk's acquisition. Musk, who ruthlessly ruled, moved to clean house after taking over Twitter for $44 billion on October 27th, 
has said that the company was losing more than $4 million a day, largely because advertisers started fleeing once he took over. Musk had saddled Twitter with $13 billion in debt, on which faces interest payments totaling close to $1.2 billion in the next 12 months. The payments exceed Twitter's most recently disclosed cash flow, which mounted to $1.1 billion as the end of June. Musk announcing plans to cut half of its workforce last week promised to stop fake accounts and charging 8 bucks a month for Twitter Blue service that will include a blue check verification. Uh, so as far as blue check verifications are concerned, I'm not going to get it. That's right. I noticed all of my friends on Twitter started getting the blue checks, uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, I am not paying $8 a month just so that I can, uh, have my tweets read. So you either come over to my Twitter account and hit that notification bell, or you're just not going to see me, which is fine with me. So there we go. All right, back to the story. Warning, we are tracking recent developments at Twitter with deep concern, Douglas Farrar, the FTC's uh, Director of Public Affairs, told Reuters. No CEO or company is above the law, and companies must follow our consent decrees. Ugh. Nothing more Orwellian or authoritarian than consent decrees, right? Our revised consent order gives us new tools to ensure compliance, and we are prepared to use them, Farrar said. In May, Twitter agreed to pay $150 million to settle allegations by the FTC it misused private information like phone numbers to target advertising to users after telling them the information was collected only for security reasons. Hmm. A big tech company uh, not living up to their end of the bargain, huh? Color me shocked. Uh, the internal role uh, note cited above. The attorney mentioned hearing Twitter's legal chief, Alex Spiro, say that Musk was willing to take a huge amount of risk with Twitter. Elon puts rockets into space. He was not afraid of the FTC. The attorney quoted Spiro as saying. Uh, let's see. Twitter did not respond to a request for comment on the note of the attorney or departures. Spiro did not immediately respond to a request for comment. I bet not. After you throw some bombs like that one, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, reached for comment either. Uh, Twitter's buyout has sparked concerns that Musk, who has often waded into political debates, could face pressure from countries trying to control online speech. If prompted U.S. Uh, President Joe Biden to say on Wednesday that Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries is worthy of being looked at. Oh, <laughs> now it's worthy of being looked at. Not Not before. Not before. You know, when your son's laptop story just all of a sudden just couldn't be shared anywhere on your on Twitter's platform. Sure. OK. Uh, advertisers not reassured. Musk told advertisers on Wednesday, speaking on Twitter spaces feature that he aimed to turn the platform into a force for truth and stop fake accounts. Well, I have noticed one thing. Uh, I keep getting added to these uh, mass DM rooms in order to get a job at Amazon. So uh, if you could do that, uh, that would be OK. Uh, his assurances may not be enough. Chipotle Mexican Grill. Why are we reaching out to Chipotle? The McDonald's of burritables. What are we doing here? Uh, said on Thursday it had pulled back its paid and owned content on Twitter while we gained better understanding on the direction of the platform under its new leadership. This doesn't make any kind of sense. Just spend your advertising dollars. <laughs> just, be, just because a weird guy comes in with a uh, with a bathroom lavatory to let that sink in, right? 
doesn't mean you need to pull away your advertising dollars. It's kind of silly. Just being mad and upset at one guy based off of uh, silly uh, things that you have, uh, you know, just think that he is, you know. Uh, let's see. Jason Booth uh, chiming in early. Elon can blue check D's nuts. Exactly. Exactly. I plan on being a uh, unverified, unchecked jerk on Twitter. Just, you know, continue as normal. <laughs> uh, so back to the story. It's on other bands, including General Motors, that have paused advertising on Twitter since Musk took over. Concerned that he will loosen content moderation rules. Please do like loosen them all the way to like non-existent. That'd be great because uh, the only thing that uh, helps uh, bad speech from taking hold and getting out there is just better speech counteracting it. And of course, uh, 280 character limit is a, is a little bit tight for that, but that's okay. Musk sent his first email to Twitter employees Thursday saying remote work would no longer be allowed and that they would be expected in the office for at least 40 hours per week. According to Bloomberg News. Oh, no. Oh, no. No more uh, signing in in your jammies while drink, drinking mimosas on the veranda. Twitter uh, <laughs> Twitter people, you have to come to work. Oh, the shame. The shame. Can't believe that. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is kind of an interesting uh, turn on things. Uh, I do like uh, the Twitter platform. It is a garbage dumpster fire from hell. Uh, and I am hopelessly addicted to it. Uh, that being said, uh, after the eight bucks a month thing uh, dropped, it seems like all of my friends have went out and got their blue checks and everything. And uh, AOC has been complaining that the hooted rabblement will be up in her mentions. And uh, to which I say, good. Politicians deserve to be cyberbullied. <laughs> out of everybody on earth, politicians. That's that's the ones you can cyberbully to death. But yeah, that's... Uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun time. I, I don't really like Elon Musk uh, for a, a lot of reasons, but just it, just based off of making the formerly blue checked uh, types on Twitter, having their faces melt uh, just at the thought that uh, everyone's just going to buy their blue checks for eight bucks a month rather than a, a one time cash payment of $20,000, which was another of the, uh, uh, of the allegations that were going through that some people had paid for their blue check, uh, under the table. So we'll see how that, that works out. Uh, speaking about getting paid, this one's a good one. And, uh, we kind of talked, talked about this with, uh, my buddy, uh, Dino from Dino files, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, if I can click the right damn button, got a little show prep live on the air, but here it is again from Yahoo news. Alex Jones' assets are frozen by judge in Sandy Hook case. I love that. This is a great picture of Alex right there. Just opening his mouth yelling. Uh, so InfoWars host Alex Jones was temporarily blocked from transferring any assets or spending money other than for ordinary living expenses by the judge overseeing the Sandy Hook defamation trial in Connecticut. State court judge Barbara Bellis uh, whoever saw the case in which a jury last month ordered Jones to pay nearly $1 billion for spreading lies about the 2012 elementary school massacre, uh, issued a freezing order late Wednesday over concerns that he was looting his own estate and hiding assets through a series of shell companies owned by his family members. 
with exception of ordinary living expenses, the defendant Alex Jones is not to transfer income or dispose or move his assets out of the United States until further order of the court. Bella said in a one page order. Uh, jurors awarded five families and a Federal Bureau of Investigation agent uh, who responded to the 2012 school massacre $965 million in damages last month to compensate them for reputational harm and emotional distress caused by the years of Jones pushing conspiracy theories that the shooting was faked and the grieving parents were crisis actors. Uh, Bellis is also currently weighing... Oops. Love it when it just jumps up right there. Uh, Bellis is also currently weighing imposing additional punitive damages on Jones. The plaintiffs had requested Bellis freeze Jones' assets, and she set a December 2nd evidentiary hearing in court papers. Jones' lawyers urged the judge not to grant the request before the hearing and suggested that if she did, in an uncanny way, it would bolster Mrs. Jones' contention that the results of the proceedings were rigged and that the court appeared partial to the plaintiffs. All right, score one for the Jones lawyers on that one. Just kind of pointing out the obvious to everybody involved. It isn't clear how Bellis' order will interact with a related bankruptcy proceeding underway in Houston Federal Court, where InfoWars' parent company, Free Speech Systems, filed the creditor protection back in July. In that proceeding, most claims against Jones' company were temporarily put on hold, although the defamation trial was allowed to proceed until the bankruptcy court sorts out assets and claims. The families also asked Bellis in order to complete accounting of Jones' assets, which he has steadfastly refused to provide, and that he is required to bring all movable property to Connecticut for safekeeping by the court. The judge hasn't, addressed, hasn't yet addressed those requests. Uh, the case is Lafferty v. Jones, and it gives the, uh, the docket number uh, Connecticut Superior Court, Waterbury. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, the case just continues to be uh, definitely a kangaroo court of the highest order. It's the worst kind of decisions I've ever seen. Uh, that being said, it doesn't look like uh, Jones ever really put up a defense for any of it, being free speech. Um, but it's uh, interesting to see how they just continue to go after the guy. Uh Regardless, it's like now we're at the point where we're trying to get blood out of a stone. So, but uh, also hold on to your wallets because they're coming. Been saying they were coming for a long time, but uh, this is how it is. I saw this one uh, just before coming live and I was, uh, my jaw dropped. Uh, I, I love this kind of stuff. Uh, prudent regulation of cryptocurrencies is indeed needed. The White House is watching the FTX implosion and doesn't like what it sees. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the living embodiment of imposter syndrome right, uh, seen right there. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention to crypto recently, you've missed yet another sickening wipeout as billions of dollars have gone up in smoke. This is something that clearly we monitor and that we see as an important issue. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters during a press briefing on Thursday. When asked about the spectacular $32 billion wipeout of a crypto exchange, FTX, led by Democrats' second biggest donor, uh, this cycle, the former billionaire Sam Bankman freed uh, without proper oversight, she added. Uh, cryptocurrencies... Jesus fucking Christ with the pop-ups. Um... <laughs> 
Without proper oversight, she added, cryptocurrencies risk harming everyday Americans. The most recent news further underscores these concerns and highlights why prudent regulation of cryptocurrencies is indeed needed. White House, along with the relevant agencies, will again closely monitor the situation as it develops. Uh, here is the best strategy for dealing with the altcoins, uh, colloquially known as a shitcoin. Uh, buyer, beware. That's really all you have to state and say, if you lost money during this, get your lawyer on the phone. Get your lawyer on the phone and see what possibly could be done from this. This is the stupidest thing ever. Uh, they're not trying to come after FTX. They're not trying to come after uh, just cryptocurrencies in general. They want Bitcoin. That's the thing that they're trying to take down with this. That's the only thing that they're coming after. When they say cryptocurrency, just read Bitcoin. That's the only thing that they really want out of all of this. Uh, that's what they want to regulate because it's decentralized. It's not under their control. It's not under their power. That's what they want. And they're going to use stuff like this, the FTX, you know, Mt. Gox and everything else uh, to kind of demonstrate why they need to be in the markets regulating it from on high, right? So... Uh, on Tuesday, the world's largest crypto exchange, Binance, announced it had signed a non-biting letter of intent to buy FTX, a rescue attempt after XP FTX experienced $5 billion worth of withdrawal requests in a single day. That's a lot of cash. It's like, oh, you know what? I don't really like what's going on here. Let me please get my money back. Uh, within 24 hours, the rescue unraveled, leaving FTX and Bankman Freed in the dust where they belong. And hopefully will be sued by their victims. Uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, the White House has been monitoring the crypto situation since March when President uh, Joe Biden issued an executive order directing the federal government to begin the process of considering how to regulate digital assets. Instead of a crypto crackdown, though, the industry largely welcomed the document as a step towards legitimization and watershed akin to commercial Internet entering the mainstream in the mid-1990s. <laughs> Yes, the government needs to get in there and start regulating with everything as, uh, you know, carrying a big stick all over the place, I'm sure. Uh, more whiskey to help me get through this bullshit. Uh, just a few months later, though, the government was exposed as moving too slowly for events on the ground. <laughs> this is, too slowly would be uh, an upgrade of what they usually do, right? Uh, when the first wave of the crypto winter took crypto's market cap from $3 trillion to $1 trillion, several major crypto firms went bust, and Bankman Freed emerged as a J.P. Morgan-like figure, stepping in to bail out struggling parties. Yeah, I'm sure. For its part, Washington is playing the sort of regulatory Game of Thrones as the SEC, CFTC, and Congress all float different regulations plans. Oh, they, had, they have plans for everything. I'm sure Elizabeth Warren, Warren's all up in there. Uh, SEC Chair uh, Gary Gensler has been steadfast that many digital assets should be classified as securities and fall under his agency's jurisdiction. Uh, this recently uh, hit home uh, on one of the platforms, Odyssey. Uh, the backbone of that is library. That's uh, LBRY. That was uh, headed up by uh, uh, Jeremy Kaufman. Um, and they got struck down uh, from the SEC and the library token was considered a, a security. Nobody was harmed on the platform. You know, I'm on Odyssey. 
I'm not harmed on the platform at all. So it's so funny that the government says, oh, yeah, you're, you're abusing people. These are securities. No, no, voluntary all the way. It's like I'm either on Odyssey or I'm not. And I choose to be there. So that's what that is. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so Rustin uh, ben, uh, Benham, uh, the chair of Commodity Futures Trading Commission, said just last month that it was a pretty cynical view to suggest two agencies can't figure it out and work together. Uh, Coinbase's CEO, Brian Armstrong, says FTX implosion should be a catalyst for the U.S. government to come up with regulations for the crypto industry. Uh, and I'm sure Coinbase would just love that because Coinbase can afford to follow along with that, right? Yeah. Uh, Jason Booth, one more time. Uh, government be like, crypto isn't money. Crypto needs regulations because it's volatile. Yeah, you need to pick one. Uh, let's see. JC saying hi to Jason. So, Jason, you have been helloed. Say hi back. Play nice. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's really funny. Really funny. Yeah, this stuff isn't money, but we're going to regulate it like it is. All right. <laughs> Uh, this is an opportunity for the United States to really be the one to put out some more of this clear regulation, he told CNBC on Thursday. Frankly, the U.S. is a little bit behind here. I, they, they shouldn't be anywhere. The U.S. government has no business in what I buy and what I don't buy. That just should be the uh, the beginning and the end of it right there. But uh, yeah, you know what? The authoritarians are going to be authoritative, I guess. And so... So stupid. Armstrong pointed out that the FTX being technically based offshore as a consequence of the lack of regulatory clarity. <laughs> oh, I don't like it when regulations are clear. <laughs> Make them muddy and, and fuzzy so that way the lawyers can get around it, right? Uh, in the U.S., he says that without rules in the U.S., more of the crypto industry will go offshore and harm American consumers. Again, buyer beware. Okay, it's not the government's job to hold your hand and say, no, 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 this, this looks like a risky, risky asset. You don't want to buy that. You could lose some of your money that way. It's not up to you. It's not anywhere in the enumerated powers of the Constitution, if you really want to get down into it. If people are stupid enough to buy into a shit coin or go over to some stupid fucking exchange where you've got to buy their tokens to exchange on it, you're going to end up getting burnt. That's on you. Take responsibility for your stupid actions. Stupid, right? Uh, meanwhile, a person familiar with the matter told AP uh, today that both the SEC and Department of Justice were investigating FTX for criminal activity and potential security offenses, which could mean dispensing regulation of the potential criminal complaint variety. Yeah, just what we need. N another case. Uh Glenn Maxwell uh, was convicted of selling children to nobody. And everybody on her client list is uh, still walking around free. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, Jason. Fine. Hi, JC. <laughs> Play nice in the comments. Unless you're trying to roast me and then please give me everything that you got because I need a laugh. Uh, this last one was kind of weird, and uh, I thought it was uh, kind of interesting because uh, this is the, the skullduggery that I enjoy. And this will be the, uh, the last story of the evening. I found this one. Uh, a Vatican auditor says he dug up too much dirt and was buried. This is interesting. This is interesting. 
So uh, Rome, on June 19th, 2017, a Vatican gendarme uh, entered the offices of the church chief auditor. They confiscated his phone, his iPad, threw his paper on the floor and ordered the fire brigade to smash open a locked metal filing cabinet from which they extracted a document that they said proved he was abusing resources to spy on top Vatican cardinals. This is like right out of a spy thriller. You know? It's like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy has nothing on this. Now you have to confess, they demanded, according to the auditor, uh, Libero Miloni, faced, he said, with being thrown in a Vatican jail. Mr. Maloney signed resignation papers. So he decided to resign. No, I'm not confessing shit. I quit. <laughs> uh, but he's Italian, so he says, I no resign. I quit. Anyways, uh, in the ensuing five years, the Vatican has done much to clean up its financial act. Cardinal Giovanni Angelo Beccio, uh, one of the prelates whom Mr. Maloney was accused of spying on, and who Mr. Maloney believes masterminded his ouster, uh, has himself been removed from his powerful position by Pope Frankie and is on trial in the Vatican for embezzlement and abuse of office and defrauding the church in connection with a disastrous London real estate deal. Buying property with stolen funds. Gotta love it. But Mr. Maloney argues that the Vatican, which in 2018 formally stated that there was no criminal investigation or judgment against him, has refused to clear his name. Instead, the Vatican has reopened a criminal investigation against him and what he sees as a strong-arm tactic to make him go away and protect his secrets. The plot thickens. I was discovering things that somebody wanted to keep undercover, Mr. Maloney told a handful of journalists as he filed a lawsuit last week in the Vatican court against the Vatican Secretariat of State, its most powerful department, and the current Auditor General. All these matters were reported to the Pope. I wasn't spying. I was doing my job. Uh, I didn't know that I could find cardinals putting money in their pocket, but I found it. And I told him, he said, the, of Pope Francis. Uh, Matteo Bruni, a Vatican spokesman, declined to comment on the case or any of Mr. Maloney's accusations, uh, though he confirmed that the Vatican's prosecutor had opened a file on Mr. Maloney for embezzlement since the spring, after a confidentiality seal was removed from the case. Uh, in their suit, uh, Mr. Maloney, the former chief executive of Deloitte and Touche, Italy, and fellow auditor Ferruccio Paniccio, uh, who blames the Vatican for having contributed to the advancement of his prostate cancer. <laughs> he was stressed. He was stressed, and it caused his uh, prostate to, to get cancer. Uh, and cut short his lifespan by confiscating and withholding his medical records are seeking about 9 million euros in damages. They say the Vatican unjustly terminated their contracts, sullied their professional reputations, and essentially blacklisted them in Italy, where Mr. Maloney said, you can't cross the Vatican. That's becoming apparently clear. Like, they, if you find out that they are skimming off the top, they will throw you all the way under the bus. Your middle name might as well be Wheelchucks. Uh, Mr. Maloney's complaint depicts what it calls a dysfunctional viper's nest of Vatican. That is such a great, 
apt descriptor of the Vatican, a dysfunctional viper's nest of Vatican intrigue, financial malfeasance, papal hypocrisy about transparency and reign of terror by bug and blackmail prone gendarme. Uh, the gendarme are the, uh, the uh, Vatican police for those uh, uninformed, but uh, there you go. Uh, above all, the complaint outlines the misuse of funds by Vatican officials to enrich themselves and in some cases upgrade their apartments. Mr. Maloney argued that for all of the reports he filed about financial impropriety, the Secretary of State, Cardinal Pietro Perellin, and the Vatican prosecutors never, ever acted. It's like, hey, by the way, all these cardinals are like buying paintings and couches and shit. You might want to take a look. No, 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 no. You confess that you're you're skimming off the top. About how that goes. Uh, Francis and Mr. Maloney's account went from demanding personal PowerPoint presentations about his findings. My God, this is terrible, Francis said, according to Mr. Maloney, and turning a cold shoulder to Mr. Maloney when the Vatican bureaucracy poisoned his ear and finally uh, to attacking Mr. Maloney after he publicly complained about his firing. In 2017 Christmas address, Francis excoriated corrupt reformers who, when they are quietly sidelined, he said, wrongfully declare themselves martyrs. <laughs> guys bringing you a problem. You're the guy that can do something about it. And then you try to get him in jail too. It's very funny how that works earlier this year during testimony in his own trial, Cardinal Beccio uh, emphasized that Francis had personally demanded that Mr. Maloney be fired as Mr. Maloney sees that he is simply doing the job. The Pope hired him to do, and it is not his fault. If he easily discovered a raft of embarrassing material, uh, easily discovered means they don't give a fuck and they were committing crimes out in the open because they know they were protected. That's what that means. Uh, the auditors discovered that some of the Vatican's departments kept gold bricks and coins, but when they asked to inventory them, said the keys could not be found. Oh, just all of a sudden, I can't find those keys to show my gold bricks. Oh, uh, the Vatican department overseeing church real estate investments repeatedly sought to obstruct him and hid his financial records, he said. He also accused cardinals, whom he declined to name now, but he said he would, in case it went to trial, of pocketing tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of church dollars. He said he found that one cardinal received 250,000 euros in donations, and he kept it in a plastic shopping bag in his office. <laughs> that probably labeled petty cash, I'm sure. Uh, the prelate deposited an additional 250,000 euros he claimed by accident into his own personal account rather than into the account of the vacant department that he ran. So, oopsie. Oh, it went to my personal bank account. Oh, how do I make that mistake? Oh, please forgive. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mr. Maloney informed Francis, who was furious and instructed him to tell the cardinal that he had been caught, he said. This person became red, but in my country, I can do what I like, Mr. Maloney recounted him saying. Mr. Maloney said the cardinal returned the money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where I'm from, this is just regular Tuesday. Just me putting a whole bunch of cash in a plastic bag in my office. That's so funny. Uh, let's see. Back to it. Uh, Mr. Maloney's telling the main villain of the Vatican was Cardinal Betiu, who acted in the Pope's chief of staff and who fought a war over transparency in the Vatican with the Vatican's former financial czar, Cardinal George Pell of Australia an ally of Mr. Maloney. Cardinal Pell, whose supporters say he was tarred with sex abuse accusations as part of an internal political war, 
pushed for the hiring of PricewaterhouseCoopers as Vatican auditors. They're asking a lot of questions and asking information, Mr. Maloney said. Cardinal Betchiu complained to him in one meeting. You know where they should be a state secret on these things we do. <laughs> oh, man, just imagine having the the uh, the brass clangers to say that. Yeah, you know, these investigators are asking us a lot of questions. This should be a state secret. Uh, and uh, the Italian names continue. Uh, Fabio Vigliani. Uh, Cardinal Becciu's lawyer categorically denied Mr. Maloney's accusation, saying that the auditor's reconstruction of the events was completely unfounded <laughs> and likely to prompt a suit by the Cardinal. Mr. Viglione uh, pointed out that Cardinal Becciu had already testified in court and was simply following the Pope's orders. I was just doing my job. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another antagonist for Mr. Maloney was the commander of the Gendarmerie, uh, Domenico Gianni who also was the Pope's bodyguard and subsequently resigned over leaks related to an investigation and apparent financial wrongdoing in the Vatican. Mr. Maloney said his office discovered that refurbishing of Mr. Gianni's apartment ran about 400,000 euros. That must be some really nice leather furniture, I'm sure. The complaint claims that Mr. Gianni's portion of the expenses, about 170,000 euros, was provided by money transfer from the gendarmerie and not him. Internal funds to pay personal expenses, Mr. Maloney said. Mr. Gianni did not return a request for comment. I bet he didn't. I bet he didn't. Uh, Mr. Maloney suspects Cardinal Becciu of planting the evidence that was covered in the 2017 raid by the current head of the gendarmerie, uh, who knew precisely where to look, he said, going to a lock cabinet like a bloodhound. It was all done deliberately to get me out when they decided in March 2016 that I was a danger because I was asking too many questions, Mr. Maloney said. In 2017, the Vatican claimed that he had conducted more than a seven-month seven investigation into Mr. Maloney for spying and improperly using its money for, its own, for his own interests. But in May 2018, the Vatican's chief prosecutor issued a contrary statement saying that there were no investigations or sentences against Mr. Maloney and their records. Oh, we're investigating the guy, but we're not going to charge him with anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Maloney said in 2019, Cardinal Perlin informed him that Francis had sealed his case. It's a brilliant idea to put a pontifical secret on a resignation, Mr. Maloney said bitterly. On November 26, 2019, Mr. Maloney officially requested to see the evidence compiled against him in the previous investigation into his apparent spying. The Vatican's chief prosecutor responded in a letter in January 2020 and Mr. Maloney had no right to the information and declined to request. He doesn't have a right to face his accuser or the evidence being brought against him. That, that sounds fair. <laughs> Earlier this year, the Vatican's lifted the seal, but instead of sharing the information with Mr. Maloney, he said he had reopened the criminal investigation against him. They want to threaten me, he said, arguing that the Vatican had presented him with new evidence that was clearly fake, including what he called forged document that was dated months before he even got the Vatican job. Oh, there we go. Fixing evidence. Where have we heard this before? Yeah. Mr. Maloney and his lawyers who have been summoned to meet with the Vatican prosecutor on Monday insist they are willing to go to court even if they acknowledge that the odds are stacked against them, especially in the monarchy ruled by the Pope. Who is he to block me from working, Mr. Maloney said angrily. Wow. Wow. What a story. What a story. Can't believe that. Yeah. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. 
but that'll do it this week. I'm just going to a little short me going through the news and everything and uh, joking around and stuff. Uh, I do love uh, coming on here sometimes and just doing these solo episodes and getting away from the, uh, you know, having a guest on and everything else. But uh, uh, in the coming weeks, I'll uh, get some more guests on. Uh, who knows? Maybe Jason Booth down in the comments might come on the show. We'll see. Uh, but anyways, guys, take it easy, and we'll come at you next week with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Ouch.